Welcome to the Fostering Change Podcast, Season 3. I'm Rob Shear, the founder of Comfort Cases and your host. Together, we have made such a difference in the world. We've met with leaders and change makers in the foster care system. We've met with charities and philanthropists, celebrities, authors, and so much more. We'll continue to bring you guests who will share how together, as a community, we can bring about change. Welcome once again to Fostering Change. Well, you know, here we are, another episode of Fostering Change. You know, I have been so lucky this year. I've been lucky to really read some incredible books. Um, I have met some amazing, amazing humans. And I have been able to let each and every one of you, whether you're listening to it on our podcast platforms, or maybe you're watching this on our YouTube channel, but to hear some incredible stories. You know, I always say this, that you never know who you're going to inspire by listening to their story. You know, my next guest, I actually was doing some research on her, and I was just so impressed. And by the way, there's something that she's going to be surprised about when I bring her on. But first, I'm going to talk about a little bit about Mindy Henderson. Mindy is actually the editor-in-chief of the Muscular Dystrophy Association Family of Quest content, um, including the magazine, the newsletter, the blog. She also has a podcast. Um, she is a author, an editor, a speaker, an advocate, and I could go on and on and on, which we will. But Mindy, welcome to Fostering Change. Um, Oh, what a lovely introduction. Thank you so much for having me. So you know what, Mindy, I have to tell you something. When I first started doing some research about having you on Fostering Change, um, I didn't know you were in a wheelchair. Okay, interesting. So I have not gotten to that part of the story. I had not really, you know, it just wasn't anything. And I understand MS. I, I have family members that have MS. I understand muscular dystrophy. I, you know, I grew up in the era where Jerry Lewis was the thing that we always watched. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I was uneducated about it. It's just the way that you had come across. And then I watched a video of you. And you talked about how people say they do not know how to react when people are in a wheelchair, right. you know, and, you know, and you talk about that in your book, by the way, guys, you got to hear this title of this book. This is a win all catch all the truth about things that suck. That's exactly right. So Mindy, tell <laughs> me about this book. Oh my gosh, this book is 12 years in the making. Actually, probably longer than that. I started writing when I was a kid, um, but, you know, really start, started seriously working on, um, you know, working toward getting published about 12 years ago. And I always knew that I wanted to write a book about, you know, sort of having, helping people navigate adversity. And so, you know, it, it evolved, uh, you know, and, and changed a couple of times, the concept of the book a few times over the course of 12 years. And, you know, eventually this was the book that came out of me. And, you know, I, I really wanted to very bluntly be able to recognize that adversity is real and we all have problems and we all have struggles. And what I really wanted to do was make sure that 
anyone who picked this book up could find themselves somewhere in it because not everyone can relate to being a disabled person, but everyone can relate to, you know, loneliness and rejection and job loss and, and shame and body image and all of those other universal things that we all kind of struggle with, or so many of us struggle with in life. And so each chapter of the book is one of those themes. And I talk about how those things really manifested in my life and the lens that I really learned to look at them through to be successful in navigating them. Well, you know, we're actually recording this and on the recording date is your, today is your publishing day. Um, By the way, congratulations. I know how that is as someone who also has written a book, you know, but um, I want to dive right in because I have really been trying to help change the vocabulary of people throughout our country. And I don't consider you a disabled person. I consider you a person who actually is experiencing something that is causing you not to be able to walk. Okay. So how would you would prefer people to address that? Yeah, it's such an interesting question. And I, I, I get this question a lot. It's, it's, it can, even within the community of people with disabilities, it can be kind of polarizing, um, you know, and, and everyone kind of has their own preferences about it. But I think what I've learned is that it's never wrong to sort of take a people first approach. And so, you know, being a person with a disability rather than a disabled person, it's less defining. I think, and, and that usually, you know, I, that, that works for me. And I find that it usually goes over pretty well with others. You know what, Mindy, I feel the exact same way. You know, my children, all five of my kids, including myself, we grew up in the foster care system. Mm -hmm. And there is something that absolutely hurts my heart when I hear people say, oh, those are foster children. And I think to myself, the very first thing you think about is the word foster and foster, in my opinion, is what did they do to get there? What, you know, what did they do when actually we need to call them children in foster care, just like having you as as a person look Looking at you as a person and not looking at you as a disabled person, but a person who's experiencing a disability, you know, and, and I think that it's, it's up to us. um, And I, you know, I think we're all leaders, but I think it's up to us to correct people to really get them to understand, hey, you and I both probably remember when we used to call them homeless people, but now we do that. And we call them people who are experiencing homelessness. You know, one of the things we talked about before we jumped on is we talked about the fact that you are a mom and that you are a mom. And I will tell you, I think a lot of people who throughout our country, and I love the fact that your book is so frank. I am one of these people. People don't tell you there's no filter with me. Um, And so, you know, but at the same time, I do not mean any harm when I say, but I just, there's just no filter. I want people to talk. I want, I want people to be truthful about what sucks. And so what I'd like to ask as a mom, you know, and a mom who is experiencing a disability, was it, it had to be tough. Yeah, you know, it would there were we were we were thoughtful about the experience that we wanted and the experience we wanted to give a child. And, you know, I I have 
limitations that come with my, my physical disability. And so for that reason, we decided to adopt an older child. She was about five when we adopted her, just because the, the care of a baby or an infant is so physical. And there are people out there who do it. Um, and, you know, they're, they're my heroes. But, you know, for us, it felt right to adopt an older child. And so, you know, by the time she came to join our family, there wasn't a ton of physical care that she still needed, but obviously a lot of emotional and psychological care and, and all of, you know, kind of honestly, kind of the fun part that you get to in parenting, but when they, when they get a little bit older and they, they start to emerge as these little human beings, you know? And so I think that honestly, my, there were times when my disability was a a plus it was, it was an, an opportunity for me to talk to her about being different because there were times when she came to us and we adopted her from, from China. And, you know, she, she didn't um, look like my husband and me and oftentimes didn't look like the kids she went to school with. And that's, I mean, the kiss of death when you're in school is to be different, you know, and there were times when she would come home and talk to us about this. And, and I was able to, I think, relate to her in a way that was so special to me because I could ask her things like, you know, I I could say, you know, Grace, do you, do you think that because I'm in a wheelchair, I'm any less cool than any of your other friends, moms, or, or anyone else that, that you interact with? And she would say, well, no. And, and I could sort of you know, teach her, I I tried to really teach her from an early age that it's our differences that make us cool and make us special. And, and I, I, I hope, I think that that's something that, that she grew up believing about herself. Wow. You know, Mindy, I absolutely love you because Uh, that is exactly how my husband and I talk to our children. Because as you see on my back wall, not all of our kids look like us. You know, Uh we are very different and it's very, you know, all of a sudden you're a kid who goes into a school, a kid of color, and you have two white parents and same sex parents at that. Mm -hmm. There's so much and we know how mean kids can be. And, you know, and I love how you just said that you, you, you say, to your, you said to your daughter, Grace, you know, am I any less cool because I'm in a wheelchair? Mm-hmm. And I actually have said that to one of my kids. Do you find that your daddy's any less cool because I'm white and I'm mm-hmm. married to a, you know, so I love that. We are so, so, so on the same page. Oh, you know, I love it. The thing that, that I think that you have probably dealt with that, you know, most people will not deal with within their life. You know, I do not deal with it as, you know, a father of four children of color. I know what's out there. I understand the fact that I, I, as people look at me as this white privileged male, there is discrimination and there are so many levels of discrimination. Mm -hmm. And there are so many levels of discrimination that a lot of times I feel people don't talk about it because they feel like, well, maybe I've done that, or maybe I'm a part of that. Um, I would love to know, because one of the things that I read about you is that you truly do not consider yourself a victim. And, and I'd like to talk about that when it comes to discrimination. 
Yeah. Well, and it's, it's interesting. It, it's a chapter in my book. I actually wrote about discrimination and as a, a, again, a person with a disability, there are a variety of times when I've felt that, you know, and it's, it's kind of a slippery slope because I think there's a difference between discrimination and maybe being uneducated or unexposed to something. And I've had a lot of experiences in my life where the people I'm interacting with simply have never known a person in a wheelchair. And, you know, and I understand, I I really truly do. I understand that if it's something that you've never exposed, been exposed to, it can be a little uncomfortable and you can maybe not quite know how to navigate it, but I'm very firm on the fact that we have to give ourselves the chance for things to to get comfortable with things and for things to become more normal. And so when you come across something that is a little bit different, you've got to, you've got to give yourself the space to experience it and live it and understand it and for it to become kind of normalized in your world. Now, there are other times in the world of employment and, you know, even in the world of just being out and about and, you know, having people speak over my head to the people who are with me thinking that maybe I can't communicate or can't answer a question or things like that. Um, And it can even be as subtle as maybe allowing your child to stare at someone using a wheelchair rather than telling them to just say hello, you know? And so there's so many ways that this shows up in our world, but what I believe very, very firmly, and, you know, I, I am living my journey and I'm trying to set the best example that I can. It's up to every individual person, how they're going to respond to any discrimination that they may face in this world. But the way that I choose to, to face it is with kindness and grace, because I believe that, you know, hate and, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, I don't, I don't know. I, I believe that, that hate begets more hate, you know? And so right. I would never res- and have never really responded to someone who's treated me in a certain way, or maybe discriminated against me in kind of a shaming or hateful way, because that's not the person I want to be in this world. Even if that's not how they've treated me, I would know that I am a kind open-hearted, gracious person. And that's the the person that I want to show up as in this world. So even in the face of something as, you know, kind of ugly as discrimination, that's the treatment that someone is going to get from me. And I'm not going to let them victimize me and cause me to stoop to the level of then shaming or, or being hateful with them. Um, because that's not who I am. And so, yeah, so that's how I, I choose to approach those situations. I love that. I love that. Kill them with kindness, kill them with yeah. kindness. You know, um, I know that a very, very famous woman said, you know, when they go low, we go higher. Yes. Um, I love that quote. So we, I love that quote. You know, it is a quote that I truly, truly try to live by. You know, the fact is though, well, we have it out there. Discrimination is out there. And for some reason, um, I think, 
think so many times it's how the other person is feeling that they want to project on that person. And, and, you know, you made a comment and talked about, you know, that child that stares and, mm-hmm. and the parent that doesn't say, you know, walk up and say, hi, I truly do think that, you know, we have got to become a society that we should have been already, yeah. that it is okay to ask questions. Yes. Okay to ask. I feel that, that as children, we sent, tend to shun them when they start to look at someone that, that might not look like them or, mm-hmm. you know, might, you know, be in a wheelchair or maybe they have walkers or maybe they've had an accident that, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they are not able to see or so I feel that we have to start allowing children to ask the question, to be able to go and approach the person, mm-hmm. because that is the only way they're going to realize that guess what? That's a person. Yeah. Well, and I, and children, children are, are so beautiful, you know, because they're so impressionable and honestly, it's the perfect time to have a good impact and allow them to have a good interaction with someone that's different from them. Now, you know, as a parent, you don't always know if the person is, is going to respond favorably to their child's question, but hopefully they will. And I think most of the people I know certainly would. And a perfect example is I had a little girl, she was probably six, come up to me one day in Target, I think it was. And she, you know, she, she came up kind of shyly and asked me if I take my wheelchair home at night. <laughs> And I told her that, that I did. And, and we talked for a minute and then two seconds later, she was telling me about a video game that she had played and asked me if I liked to play video games. So, you know, it ended up being a positive interaction for her and hopefully it made enough of an impression on her that when she sees the next person in a wheelchair, she's going to, you know, know that it's normal and yep, they go home at night, just like she does and, and all of that. That um, and and yeah, I, I hope that that stuck with her. Yeah, I I really do believe that we need to start opening that floodgate, allowing children to have that interaction because you know you and I both know empathy is something that is not we're not born with. It's something right. we're taught, and and there's never a better time when a child is young when to show them that you know even what they might see visually is different, we are all still the same in so, so many ways. You know, there's been so many changes throughout our country when it comes to people who have a disability and that are living with a disability. And one of the changes that I know recently happened is my friends over at Sesame Street for the very first time is actually have a Muppet that is actually in a wheelchair. Yes. Um, I am very lucky that I actually have sat on the advisory board with Sesame Street when we brought in the very first Muppet in foster care. And oh. now that I see that they've now brought in a Muppet that is actually in a wheelchair, how did that make you feel? Well, first of all, I drove my sister bananas with Sesame Street when I was a kid. I loved it so much. I would watch it like three times a day. And so it's a it's a show that had a big impact on me and seeing them 
you know, make that move toward inclusion um, was so meaningful because honestly, I, I think that the, the community of individuals living with disabilities is still one of the most underrepresented groups in our country. And, um, and honestly, the, the media, television, movies, magazines, all of those things, it's still relatively rare to see a person um, with a disability or in a wheelchair. And when you grow up not seeing people that look like you, you know, you, you start to wonder if there's a reason why, if maybe that's not okay. Um, and so seeing that Sesame Street added this character and is showing children who are watching their show that this is cool and fine and, you know, part of our world, I think is beautiful. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And again, Icebreaker Sesame Street, you know, yes. uh-huh. uh, it, it's truly because you are exactly right. You know, for me as a, as a gay man, you know, growing up and never seeing anyone on TV that was, you know, and, and again, I can't compare that anything like, you know, being in a wheelchair or my children who are of color. But, uh-huh. you know, for me, this is, as you said, it's everybody's own individual journey. And right. for me, it was my journey as a gay man, not seeing any representation of me and it made you think that oh what it, it, it did somebody make me wrong or, right is know? this not okay yeah uh-huh. it, yeah and I love that you know one of the things Mindy is you know and I've noticed this and by the way I have to give you kudos again on this <laughs> I have always thought that I was a, a person who really looked out and looked at everything but what since the moment that I knew that you were going to be on my podcast um, is when I really started diving into you into you know muscular dystrophy and all of that but what I was really surprised about is my notice all of a sudden I had this notification in my mind where I'm going to restaurants I'm going to hotels I'm going to stores and I'm seeing that even in 2022 that we still have not made it accessible Mm -hmm. where it's accessible for me but it is absolutely work and by the way this is the part that I think sucks yeah uh, for you to do the same exact things I get to do yeah, it's it's crazy. And I, I say it all the time. I mean, you nailed it. In in 2022, we should be doing better. You know, it's 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 a very strange thing to live in a world that still really is not designed for you. And there are issues with architecture and buildings that I go to and public transportation and don't get me started on air travel, you know, to, to not be able to drive a wheelchair onto an airplane and be comfortable and, and feel safe. Like everyone else on the plane um, is, is crazy to me, you know, even the world of, of fashion and style, there are play, there's, there's room for improvement and, and areas where we could make um, clothing and accessories and shoes and all of these things more universally useful uh, to all of us. Um, and so it's something that I talk a lot about, you know, I, I see progress, but there's still so much more work to do. And I had an experience a couple of weeks ago where I was traveling for work and I needed a a hotel room and I have a very specific sort of accessibility need that I have from a room that's not unique really to anyone who uses a wheelchair. Uh, But it's something that 
the ADA doesn't necessarily reinforce, you know, the ADA is a beautiful thing, but it's, there's still a lot of subjectivity that goes into it. And I, in 2022, had a very hard time finding a hotel room, a hotel that I could stay in. So you're, you're right. And I I think that it's going to be up to all of us to, to listen to these short stories and share our stories for progress to happen. And I do, I do think that progress can happen. Yes. The thing is, is that we need more people to talk about it. We yes. need more people to feel that, you know what, maybe it is uncomfortable for you to talk about it, but guess what? This is reality. And yeah. I say this quite often. If your table is not big enough for all of us to sit at it, build a bigger table. Yes. Build a bigger table because I, you know, I'm a person who I travel as a public speaker like every month. I mean, I, we were laughing in the month of May. I think I was home for 72 hours. I told oh, no. you know, but the thing is I walk onto an airplane, yeah. I walk onto an airplane and I sit down and there is no question. And all of a sudden I, 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 I find out about you and I start as I'm sitting there in my seat, just as just, this is literally just last week, I was flying back yeah. from London. I was preparing for this interview with you and I'm sitting there in my seat and I'm thinking to myself, what would Mindy do? Yeah. You know, what would Mindy do in this, you know, eight hour flight from London where she doesn't have, you know, the capability of having her wheelchair? She is, you know, you want to talk about not accessible bathrooms. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, what what have we done as a society not to think about each individual person? Yeah. And, you know, and it's interesting because that statement alone there are so many varieties of individual people that it's hard. You know, it's, it is a hard problem to solve, to make everything accessible to everyone. But I, what, one of the things I say in my book is that hard does not equal impossible. It's, it's going to require some effort and some work on the part of the people who are in the, in a position to make these changes, but it's time. Yes. And I have so many friends who say the same thing to me, you know, once they get to know me, they, they look at the world a different way and they start to notice things that would be a problem for me if, if I were with them. Yeah. You know what? Um, I hope that each and every one of our viewers and our watchers um, walk away with the same feeling that I have, you know, Mindy, I have a last question for you. Yes. Um, What do you hope people get out of your book? You know, it's, it's been a hard couple of years for the world, honestly, and there's been so much chaos and, and so much tragedy. And I think that what the world needs right now is hope. (laughs) You know, I, I think that they need a more hopeful way of, of looking at things. And I think that what I, what I really want people to get from this book is that hope. I think I want them to get you know, a, a newfound encouragement and empowerment to look at the world through a different lens because we've all been victims in the last couple of years, but it's it's time to stop li- living like victims and to start empowering ourselves to move forward and to see possibilities instead of limitations. And hopefully, for people to to go and and climb their mountain, whatever that mountain looks like. 
Wow. I love that. Did you hear that, everybody? <laughs> Climb that mountain. You know, the fact is, as I say this all the time, when it comes to kids who are in foster care, don't blame the system. Help me change the system. Yes. You know what? The fact is, is this is not a blame game. This is, it's time to change. And what I truly do hope, Mindy, and I, I hope as our listeners and our viewers, is that again, as I said earlier, I hope you get out of this what I got out of it, because it truly, I'm 55 years old. And I am so absolutely humbled that I actually have you in my life because you have made me look at things differently that I never thought of. Mm -hmm. And that to me is a takeaway as a human that I have always dreamed of when I interview people, when I research people is the fact that, you know, what is my takeaway? And my takeaway is the fact that we need to step up and we need to do better. And the fact is, is what Mindy said, it's, you know, hard stuff. You better believe it's hard, but it's possible. Listen, everybody, this is an amazing another conversation. I love to tell you, this is definitely in my top ones for 2022, Mindy. Energize me. You have made my heart smile. And I am so, so lucky that you chose to be on Fostering Change. Listen, everyone, I'm going to have the link for her book. Um, it will be there. Please, please do me a favor. Go grab a copy, read her book. You know, the fact is, it's about something that suck. And that is so true. And it's so true for all of us on so many different levels. This is another amazing episode of Fostering Change. And remember, each and every one of you, you have an opportunity. And the opportunity today is to be a good human. Take care. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening or watching the latest episode of Fostering Change. All of us on our team hope that you've learned something new today and have been inspired to be a good human. Now, just a reminder that you can always find Fostering Change on your favorite channels on Google, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and others including, of course, comfortcases.org. I want to give a big thank you to all of you for joining us each and every week. And a reminder that if you have a suggestion for a guest, or maybe you might have a question about today's podcast, or are interested in becoming a sponsor of Fostering Change, please don't hesitate to email me personally at fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. Now, that's it for now. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care.